0: And try to figure out how people like you and I can help. Today's guest is Arch Rao, founder and CEO of SPAN, a technology company reinventing the electrical panel to enable the rapid adoption of renewable energy. We have a great discussion in this episode about decarbonizing the home, the role that the electrical panel has historically played, some of the challenges with how it is currently implemented, some of the opportunities to do so differently, the SPAN approach, what makes it different and special, some of their progress to date, what's coming next, and if SPAN is wildly successful, what role they play in decarbonizing the home. Arch, welcome to the
1: show. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for coming. Yeah, I think this might be, well... Yeah, I want to say this might be the first episode we've done around electrifying the home directly.
1: I'm glad to be talking to you about it. I think it's an important mission for us all to be on.
0: So, what is SPAN?
1: SPAN is reinventing the home electrical panel. If you think about the device that sits at the nexus of energy coming in from the grid, all the devices in your home, especially the new wave of technologies like batteries, electric vehicles, and of course, rooftop solar, they all, by design, Connecting to the home electrical panel. And that device has seen, frankly, very little innovation or no innovation in over 75 years. So SPAN is a device that is a digital, smart electrical panel that makes it easier to integrate these devices into your home, renewable energy and distributed energy resources. And it makes it possible to optimize your energy or optimize your power flow once you have these devices connected to your home.
0: Great. And where did this idea come from? And maybe even further back than that, what led you down the path of doing the work that you do?
1: I've been fortunate to be in the clean energy space for a little over a decade and a half now. My very early work was in academia when I was working on advanced combustion strategies for engines. So, how do you make combustion cleaner? After a few years of my research in the PhD program, I realized that's just not how we're going to change the world. Getting incremental efficiency gains out of engines is just not moving the needle fast enough. So I decided to drop out of the PhD and try to work on technologies that were going to have non-linear impact on our effort towards abating climate change. So along the way, I worked on wind energy technologies, but very out there concepts like airborne wind turbines. I worked on disaggregation and energy metering technologies. And then most recently, before I started SPAN, I was fortunate to be at Tesla helping build the battery business unit. So starting with very early incarnations of what is now popularly known as the power wall, as well as batteries that are very large scale grid connected assets that help us optimize or manage the intermittency of renewables in the grid.
0: Well, this is a really timely discussion for me because we actually just pulled the trigger on a Tesla as a family. We don't have it yet. But finally, I've been kind of so eager to get to starting to electrify our personal lives and i feel like this is a wedge where it's like oh well if we're gonna get one of those like what else is happening in the home and how does this stuff all go together so secretly that might have been subliminally another reason to have you on the
1: show is to to get some free
0: consulting about all this stuff because it's all a lot of it's new to me
1: i'm happy to be a personal electrification consultant i will not charge you anything for it yeah it is an incredible thing right i think we have seen over the last roughly two decades the growth and adoption of solar where solar is increasingly becoming often talked about solution for most homeowners. Over the last five years, especially, we've seen the sort of rapid electrification of transportation, right? We've seen consumer vehicles becoming all electric. We're increasingly seeing commercial vehicles move into the domain of being all electric. I strongly believe that this upcoming decade is about electrifying everything in your home. How do you disconnect that natural gas pipeline coming into your home
0: That's what we have in our home, natural gas. I hate it.
1: Unbeknownst to you, there's a significant impact you're having because of the amount of fossil fuels you're consuming, right? Because it's become part of your utility. That's what powers your water heaters. That's what powers your home heating system. And for most homes, that's what helps you cook every day. And I think there are existing technologies that can help you disconnect that dependence on fossils right at the outside of your house, right Right outside your home. But very, very hard to adopt today because of the limitations of the incumbent technology like your home electrical panel and the amount of energy or power it can deliver instantaneously to you.
0: And things like our slate roof.
1: That's right. I can go off on a bit of a tangent or a diatribe about this, but I think solar has often been positioned as the anchor product as the first product, but I think that's really not what's getting the adoption of EVs or batteries or home electrification products. That's part of what we are trying to enable as well is how do you make it such that every home, not just single family homes with the perfect kind of roof, can move towards a cleaner home but how do you make every homeowner or every home move towards less dependence on fossils
0: and so what is the span origin story when did it come about how did it come about and why did it come about
1: yeah i started span in the fall of 2018 or a little bit before that in the summer of 2018 i should say when i officially incorporated the company i had been at tesla for about five years prior and i left tesla in the spring of 2018. In my time at Tesla, I was very fortunate to work on a number of things. I led, like I said, residential, commercial and utility scale, the product teams that built products for all these market segments. And I was part of the team that also helped integrate the solar products once Tesla acquired SolarCity. And you can say I was fortunate or unfortunate to manage the solar roof team for a little while, where we oversaw the deployment of the very first generation of roof tiles. In all of this, Whether it was in the U.S. or in Australia or in Germany or UK, there was a very consistent theme. The level of complexity when it comes to adopting solar and batteries and EV charging is still incredibly high, which means they're often not seen as appliances in your home. They're seen as aspirational improvements to your home. And one of the key pieces of technology that nobody seemed to be working on is what does an integrated solution for a home look like? How do we make it such that we don't have to retrofit your existing electrical panel, your circuit breaker device that is ubiquitous, right? It's present in every home anywhere you go in the world. We've often been circumventing the problem or solving for solutions around it by retrofitting it with CT-based sensing, by retrofitting it with gateways, with controllers. And that to me seemed like a very inelegant solution. And you go back to the drawing board and it starts to become immediately obvious if we make the panel integrated with metering, with controls, with a computer, with the ability to sense the health of the grid and the power flow in your home, it now makes it possible to integrate solar and batteries and EV charging and electric appliances in a much easier fashion, both in terms of reducing operational costs, as well as adding functionality to the home. So that's what I did. I left a great job at Tesla where I learned a lot, and I decided to focus on reinventing the home electrical panel, which nobody else was doing at the time. And two years since, we are now in a lot of homes and we're continuing to scale and hopefully enable faster adoption of clean energy.
0: I mean, EVs had certainly been on the radar a lot prior to that, as had solar. Why do you think no one was doing? Is it that no one had tried or that there was a bunch of bodies on the road of companies that had come and gone?
1: Yeah, I think it was a confluence of things. People were obviously tackling what was either a lowest hanging fruit opportunity or what was a major technology barrier, right? We've seen companies work on higher efficiency solar modules, and we've had companies obviously work on lower-cost power electronics, and now increasingly scaling up lithium-ion manufacturing to make batteries more affordable. I don't think there are very many people seeing this as a problem, and as you think about the rate at which we were beginning to deploy solar and EV charging and batteries, it became more and more common that the electrical panel either had to be upgraded or replaced you kind of had to be in the know right you kind of had to be the person either responsible for or very close to the deployment of thousands of these systems to then see that the electrical panel was a bottleneck which you're often solving by not by using technology not by applying new architectural approaches to solving the problem but instead just brute forcing your way through it which is buy a dumb panel or buy two of them and then have a smorgasbord of stuff on your garage wall that kind of worked but required a whole lot of customization. Again, having lived it for many years, it became obvious, painfully obvious to me that the panel was an opportunity that nobody was looking at.
0: And the existing electric panels, what is it specifically that they're missing that you feel like is required to do this home electrification at scale effectively? And then maybe talk a bit about the span approach.
1: Sure, the traditional electrical panel has, architecturally it has remained the same for a very long time which is you have power coming in from the street like right, the utility the means if you will and then it's a multiplexing device it distributes that power to different parts of your home and it does so very well and it does so through a safety device called a circuit breaker right and that's all it does when you want to introduce a solar system and you want to measure how much solar you're producing you have to add on a meter to do that when you add a battery for it to be able to assess how much power it needs to inject into the home, you need to add an additional meter that's measuring how much your home is consuming at any given point in time. When you want to be able to have these devices communicate with one another or have the consumer be able to control these devices, you're adding a computer or a gateway that can then interface with the meters and the battery and the inverter of the solar system, right? I'm sort of telling an elaborate story here, but I'm sure this is becoming obvious, right? And now you want to think about being able to operate off-grid, you're having to introduce a disconnect device that then has to sit between where your supply is and where the rest of your loads are or where your critical loads are. All of these components have been piecemealed over the last decade or half a decade, which means your solution is not just, here's my solar system and here's my battery, and then it works with my electrical panel. It's often, let me come to your home, Jason, and figure out how do I rewire your home? What are all the different third-party components I need to add to it to make it work? And therein lies the opportunity. Within our panel, we've integrated The ability for us to monitor the grid and determine when it's safe to disconnect and when it's safe to rejoin. We have the ability to measure every circuit, that means every major appliance and every appliance downstream. We have the ability to control every circuit and also control some subset of major appliances in your home. And it's got an edge computer or a computer built into it that is purpose built to optimize the power flow in your home.
0: And so when it comes to installation, is this something that really makes the most sense at new construction or is retrofitting into an existing home that, I mean, at least in my neighborhood, the homes have been around a long time. So maybe talk a bit about each of those cases and where SPAN works best today and in the future.
1: Yeah, frankly, it's both. The new home construction space is a no-brainer because you, you are already designing and roughing in space for you to put in an electrical panel putting in a panel like SPAN that both solves for solar mandates in California and gives the customer the easy optionality to add batteries or EVs in the future without having to redesign their electrical system makes a whole lot of sense. But where we are seeing the most amount of traction and demand today is retrofitting into existing homes like yours and mine that have been around for a few decades or are getting solar and battery and EV charging or some combination thereof. What's a strong impetus that is new today is that as you add these new loads and new generation devices and new storage devices it is no longer the case that the largest load in your home is your air conditioning system if you looked at most homes 10 years ago the largest power draw was your air conditioning which probably drew around four or five kilowatts at any given point in time that's no longer true your ev charger draws about the same or more your battery can push or pull about the same or more And your solar system the average system size has gone up to like seven seven and a half kilowatts right so the electrical panel Agnostic of Span's existence is now being upgraded. It's now being forced to be upgraded in every home just to be able to accept these devices being connected to your home. Therein lies the opportunity. If you're going to be doing a service upgrade or a panel upgrade or a panel addition, Span slots in incredibly well into most jobs.
0: And when you talked about the way things had been before span, it sounded like there were different pieces of equipment or wiring that needed to be done and things like that. So Who are the big players for the electrical panels? And is it them that's also providing the other equipment that you mentioned and those services? Or is it someone else? And then I have the same question about what that ecosystem of products and services looks like in a span world.
1: If you stare at it, it starts to hurt your head because you have the electrical panel that's produced by incumbents like the Schneiders and the Siemens and the Eatons of the world that you can pick up at a distributor like Home Depot. You have the bulb meter that is provided by the utility, which is your quote-unquote smart meter by the utility. You have an energy meter for the home that's usually a third-party current transformer or CT-based device that the solar installer usually buys from a third-party vendor. You are often, in some geographies, you're required to use a net-generation output meter or an NGR meter that's another metering device that's a third-party vendor-provided system. And then, of course, you have a third-party inverter for the solar, a battery, et cetera, et cetera, right? So as you can tell, there are just too many ad hoc components that have to be added to your home in order to make the solar or battery installation work, not to mention you have the complexity of having to wire all these things together and every home becomes a custom exercise. And oftentimes the electrical installer shows up at the customer's home and then they have to figure out what brand make and model of electrical panel you have and find the corresponding circuit breakers, et cetera. So long and short of it is the operational cost is just incredibly high. And that's a significant impediment to the rapid adoption of distributed energy. And my view of the world is we really want to get to a place as soon as possible where getting a solar system or a battery or an EV charger installed in your home becomes as easy as getting a home appliance, right? Like getting a washer dryer installed where you can just pick a system online, have a pro come and install it for you. That, if you will, is the problem statement, right? And how do we achieve that? We've built a panel that truly integrates all those things that I talked about. It's got a grid disconnect. It's got metering. It's got controls built into it. It's got compute built into it. So when you show up to a customer's home, every install is now homogenous. You're not guessing at what loads are going to be backed up versus what's not. Every load in in your home is backed up by design with our panel. And you're literally just able to run the AC cables from the solar inverter or the battery system with the EV charger, and you're done. Not to mention, we can also support any brand of home circuit breakers. So, in my home, for example, the span panel that I have houses a Square D breaker, a bunch of Eaton breakers, and some Siemens Murray breakers, and they're designed to be interoperable, which further reduces the installation time and cost.
0: So from an installer standpoint, is it the same installers that are installing the span panel versus the traditional panel? And if not, who? And if so, what training is required to enable them to do this work effectively?
1: Yeah, we've really engineered the system to be incredibly easy to install with very minimal or no retraining. So any licensed electrician that can swap out an old or incumbent traditional electrical panel should be able to pick up our product and install it today.
0: So is it the homeowner that's the ultimate buyer of these panels?
1: Right. Much like your solar system or your battery system, the homeowner is the ultimate buyer, but we are offering the product through solar installers, right? The solar financiers of the world that bundle the solar inverter, solar panels, and the battery as a, in the form of a PPA or a loan or lease, if you will, right? And so our product becomes a component of that sale and is ultimately owned by the homeowner.
0: And maybe you just answered my question, or at least provide some clues on how you might answer it, but what criteria make a homeowner a good customer for SPAN?
1: If you're getting a solar system that requires a panel upgrade, you're a good customer for SPAN. If you're a customer that's getting a battery system, there is no better backup solution than SPAN today in that no existing or pre-existing backup solution offers the kind of whole home real-time controllable backup capabilities that the SPAN panel provides. So you're a very obvious customer for SPAN. If you're a customer that's getting an EV charger, EVSE installed in your home and you're moving towards more electric home, SPAN is a fit for you. And one thing that takes a couple of mental hops to understand is as you continue to add these electric appliances to your home, be it an EVSE or a battery or induction cooktop or a heat pump, inevitably sometime over the course of the next several years, your electrical panel will become under capacity. Depending on what the service rating is, be it 100 amp, 125 amp panel, you're going to need to upgrade that anyway. And what SPAN allows you to do is minimize the exposure to cost for continuously upgrading your home service in that we can manage the amount of loads that are running at any given point in time digitally. So we can limit the amount of power that needs to be brought into your home while giving you a lot of flexibility in terms of, the different types of appliances in your home that can become electric so these are all customers that are i would say a good customer for span today
0: what does the cost look like of span versus the traditional panels
1: much like you know like the nest thermostat came and it was not a cost competitor with like a traditional analog thermostat like we are about an order of magnitude more expensive than a equivalent 200 amp panel of thin incoming product right so you could buy a like a square d or a siemens 200 amp panel at Home Depot for a few hundred bucks, between 200 and 300 bucks. The span panel sells to installers for a few thousand dollars in the $4,000 range today. Fully installed, it's around $6,000 to the homeowner, but it's all part of typically a larger sale of a solar and battery system. But the key thing to note there is we are not just a circuit breaker panel. In its simplest form, in its dumbest form, if you will, it's a safety device that can house circuit breakers, but in reality, We are a whole lot more We're a grid disconnect, a meter, a controller, a computer, etc.
0: And if I'm a potential customer that's considering this, if I don't go with SPAN, what am I missing out on? Because you told me a bunch of things that SPAN has that the traditional one doesn't. But what I want to understand is, what are the things that the customer really cares about and would feel acute pain about if they didn't have?
1: Today, if you get a battery system or a battery backup system for your home, almost the very first question the installer is going to ask you is, hey, Jason, what part of your home do you want backed up? Or which circuits do you want backed up? Because unless you go to a multi-battery system where you buy multiple 10 to 15 kilowatt hour batteries that can give you between 10 and 15 kilowatts of available power, you cannot back up your entire home, right? With the span panel, you can back up your entire home, even if you just have a single battery. Because we have the ability to turn loads on or off dynamically and, or give you the controls. What that translates into is you get a span app where you can set and forget or determine in real time what circuits in your home you'd like to have as high priority, which is you know, uh, always on loads, medium priority, which is you know nice to have as long as I have enough battery and the outage doesn't last very long, or non-essential. That functionality simply does not exist with any battery solution out there today, any backup solution out there today.
0: And when you look at the overall quest to electrify the home, putting SPAN aside for a moment, what do you think the biggest barriers are to more wide-scale deployment of home electrification? And what are some of the things that, if changed, would have the highest impact on accelerating that transition?
1: The moment in time where customers think about electrification is oftentimes a moment of panic, right? In that the only time I think about replacing my water heater is when my current water heater fails. And when it does, the last thing I want to do is figure out the complexity of how to electrify my water heater and the cost associated with upgrading my electrical system to do that, right? So more often than not, I wake up and I pick up the phone and call the first service provider I can find on Yelp and have them come and replace it with a gas water heater, which means you've now lost that customer for another 10 years again, right, at least. Because once you've put in a new water heater, you're not going to revisit that decision or new gas-based water heater. You're not going to revisit the decision for many years to come. I think that is kind of the fundamental problem and that the complexity or the cost of adopting electric appliances today is very high because of the associated cost of having to revamp your electrical system. So, A combination of smart panels like SPAN that can enable you to avoid the significant cost of upgrading your service can then defray that cost of adopting electric appliances where you can actually say, I want to move to an electric water heater because with a smart panel like SPAN, I don't have to spend $10,000 to upgrade my service. It's just the one-for-one cost of replacement with an electric system. And separately, I think if we start moving towards programs that encourage customers, much like we have now solar mandates in California or EV rebates, I think moving towards a program where not just the core technology like heat pumps or electric water heaters are incentivized, but also associated technologies like panels are incentivized, then I think the rate of adoption can go up significantly.
0: And what generation of device are you on now? And if you look at that roadmap, as future generations come, what are the areas that you feel are most important to innovate on and what can consumers expect from SPAN in the future?
1: Yeah, we are just, we're in the second generation product right now. We've got a lot of field experience deploying the first generation products and we'll be going to market with a sleeker, smaller, lower cost product very shortly here that becomes applicable to every home, right? Not just single family homes, but also you know, single family homes with multiple panels, condos, apartments, et cetera. Because we think that's a category of customers that have been unloved when you think about solar being the first product that you introduce to them.
0: And for those customers, would would solar still be the best entry point? Or is that less relevant if you, for example, are a condo owner in a high-rise building?
1: It's much less relevant to think about solar, right? In that At that point, you're either looking to get solar from like a community solar system that might be rooftop or adjacent to your condo, or you're looking to procure green energy from your utility or CCA, community choice aggregator. That's how you offset your carbon footprint. But at the same time, things that you can put in your home, you still care about resiliency, whether you live in a condo or in a single family home, right? So things like batteries can be made possible with our device. Things like electric appliances can be made possible with our device.
0: I mean, that does bring up an important question. Actually, I poked on Twitter for some questions leading into this discussion, and we did get one around resiliency and how SPAN fits into that story.
1: Yeah. So resiliency has become increasingly important, especially in the last couple of years. We can certainly draw the connections between climate change and sort of the natural disasters that we've been encountering here in California and Texas and the Northeast, et cetera. So I think there are sort of two pieces to this. One is Making technologies like batteries safe and available for a large number of customers, safe and affordable and available to a large number of customers, but at the same time making it such that the cost of installing them and the amount of batteries you need is reasonable, right? Most homes cannot afford to have 30 kilowatt hours of batteries supporting their home. So what we are trying to do is two things. One, with the amount of controls we have within our device, we're able to provide customers a better outage protection with a smaller battery, because we can turn off non-essential loads in real time, as opposed to letting the battery just discharge into whatever is on in your home. Right, So it gives you more, more duration of outage protection with the same quantity of battery. The second thing we're able to do is provide meaningful insights into what's happening in your home in real time. Because we're able to monitor at a circuit level, because we're able to monitor the health of various appliances. We're increasingly moving to a place where we can inform you when there's an opportunity for you to upgrade your aging appliances with a more efficient and potentially electric appliance.
0: Got it. And then where do the utilities fit into all of this? And I guess I'll ask that question both in regulated and deregulated environments in case there's any distinction.
1: Utilities are going to be a very important part of how we migrate towards electrification. A lot of utilities have obviously started playing an important role in offering customers energy efficiency solutions, but also now solar and resiliency, like batteries and EV charging solutions. We've already partnered with a couple that we've announced publicly. We have partnered with Green Mountain Power in Vermont and with Silicon Valley Clean Energy here in California to start to offer customers the SPAN panel, both as a battery paired device, but also as a replacement for the panel or the replacement for the smart meter because we have the ability to provide higher resolution metering information to the utility and we have the ability to provide more granular information to them about different circuits it provides them a whole lot more visibility at the edge of grid but more importantly we're able to give them the ability to control loads at the edge of grid in the more robust way so think about programs like demand response that have existed for a long time they're very very dependent on customers enrolling into specific programs for either thermostat control or uh, air conditioning control or water heater control, whereas with the span panel, you're now able to monitor and control multiple circuits or multiple loads, and it only requires the customer to enroll via the app saying, hey, utility, you can now control circuits 3, 7, and 14 between 3 and 5 p.m. on weekdays, that's it, right? That level of fidelity is incredibly valuable to a utility and a grid operator.
0: I'm bouncing around a bit, but you mentioned solar as a good channel. What about EVs and EV manufacturers?
1: We are increasingly working with electrical installers or electrical contractors that ultimately become the layer of service providers that support solar installation, EVSE installs, and other appliances being installed in your home. So what we're finding is there is a Significant pull from consumers when they see technologies like SPAN that can be additive to their home and can get them ready for products like EV charging and batteries. We are seeing some partnership opportunities with battery companies and EV OEMs to help them get the customers to adopt their products faster, right? One of the limitations with customers purchasing EVs or batteries today is oftentimes they fall out of the sales process when they realize that there's a huge amount of upfront cost associated for adopting these technologies, but we can come in and help them lower that cost fairly significantly because we directly reduce the OPEX of installing these systems.
0: And another thing that comes to mind is on the solar side, I understand that in the early days, things like the SunShot program and subsidies to consumers were an important part of jump-starting solar adoption. Is there any of that happening on the electrical panel side and should there be?
1: There isn't, to our knowledge, and I think there should be, there are a number of organizations, including Rewiring America, that Saul Griffith started, along with Alex Lasky. Coincidentally, Saul is an advisor to SPAN as well. that are looking at educating the Biden administration and working with different lawmakers to provide incentives for products like SPAN or smart electrical panels that can do two things, right? One, reduce the friction or reduce the upfront burden of transition to electric appliances or electrified homes and two, can really enable economic growth by creating opportunities and jobs for a large number of electrical contractors that are already present in the country. So we certainly see a path there, and we're hoping to see more of that become programs that we can subscribe into in the coming years.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And given that you've raised a fair bit of capital at this point, are you staffing to any type of government relations or... uh, policy advocacy internally, and if not, any plans to do so in the future?
1: We certainly plan to do so in the future. Right now, we are partnering with organizations like CalSA that are a strong voice for us. And we're also partnering with other technology developers in our space, you know, competitors or otherwise, because we think we need a unified voice here.
0: And looking forward, what are the key goals or KPIs that the company is trying to achieve over, say, the next 12 months?
1: we are well past the point of, of technology validation you know we're into scaled manufacturing right now and we're well past the point of early product market fit we have you know strong indicators of demand we have really strong installation partners so right now the core focus for us over the next year next 12 months is how do we get as many homes enabled with span as possible our singular focus is deploying a large number of systems and adjacent to that we're continuing to work on features and capabilities on the product that continue to deliver customers just a phenomenal end customer experience, right? Through over the air software updates and the ability for us to control devices in your home through the span panel.
0: Is it exclusively a channel model or do you have a direct sales force as well?
1: We do have a small direct sales force. Having built products in this domain for a while now, it's incredibly important for us to have the touch point both with the homeowner and the installers that are handling our product, if you will. So we do have a number of customers that come to us directly, and we have a small sales team that supports them from understanding the benefits of SPAN, understanding what battery systems and solar systems we are currently interoperable with, and all the way through identifying an electrical contractor through our network that can install it in your home for you today.
0: Uh huh. Great. And if you could wave your magic wand and change one thing that is outside of the scope of SPAN control, what would you change and how would you change it to most dramatically accelerate your progress?
1: I think there are a few areas that I can think of, but the most important one I would say is the solar and the electrical contractor ecosystem is very poorly organized. And there's a lot of misinformation out there, right? The cost of solar and the cost of storage adoption doesn't have to be as high as it is today. And part of that is customers not being in the know about what technology options there are. And part of that is the soft costs associated with the adoption of these technologies, be it the permitting timelines or the interconnection costs, et cetera. So if I had a magic wand, I think that's probably where I would point it, is how do we reduce the burden to customers so that the cost of adoption can go down and the rate of adoption can go up?
0: Uh Uh-huh. And that actually reminds me, I think it was Duncan Campbell from Scale Microgrids tweeted at me a question to ask, which was just given that you guys are venture-backed or for any venture back consumer product company, I guess, not just Span, what would you tell customers that are worried that if they put a core piece of infrastructure in their home from a young upstart, that that company might not exist three years or five years down the line?
1: Needless to say, my view is we're going to exist for a long time to come, but that's a fair question. We have designed our systems to outlive homes, right? In that we are warrantying a product for 10 years. The design life of our product is 30 plus years. And the simple answer to that question is, If you strip away the remote intelligence, like our cloud-connected capabilities or the SPAN app, if you will, presuming that we don't exist, the system still functions flawlessly, right? It is still a control system for your home that you can control locally. It is still a safety device that has uh, traditional breakers in it and does not require you to do any fancy remodeling or revamping to have it be replaced. It can remain in your home for the next few decades and continue to be that second breaker device for your home.
0: One question I didn't ask is just for anyone listening that's inspired about what you're doing, where do you need help and what kind of people might you want to hear from?
1: Glad you asked me that. We are, with the new round of funding that we have and the commercial partnerships we have in place, we are growing fairly rapidly. Uh, We are a team of about 55 today and we're growing to a team of almost 100 by the end of the year and that's hiring people across all fronts. We are bringing on board folks on the commercial side that can help us partner with the right solar installers, with the right electrical contractors, and the right utilities to scale the adoption of SPAN. We're bringing on board folks on the operations side that can help us deliver and install systems and train electrical contractors. We are hiring a number of folks across different engineering functions, spanning firmware, so embedded software, A cloud and mobile software and, you know, hardcore engineering faculties like electronic board design to mechanical engineering.
0: Great. And is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have or any parting words for listeners?
1: No, I appreciate the opportunity to share my journey with you, Jason, and then talk about what we're up to at SPAN. I think there's a lot for us to do ahead of us. And like I said, at the top of our conversation, I strongly believe that this decade is going to be our effort to transition towards electrified homes And I'd like to invite folks to come join us on that journey.
0: Well, this is such a natural point to break on, but there's one question that just popped in my head that I want to ask you anyways, even if it's a little awkward. And that's just in your wildest dreams, if you look back, say, 10 years out or maybe even longer and you achieve everything that you set out to achieve and more, what have you accomplished?
1: I think it takes on the order of 10 years or more to build really impactful companies, and deliver products that wow customers. I'm hoping that 10 years out, I'll be looking back at having built a company with some exceptional people that has had a significant impact in abating climate change. And we have a very interesting roadmap of products that goes well beyond just the panel that we're offering into market today. So I'm hoping that we will have executed well on delivering those here in the U.S. and globally, and starting to be able to talk about our impact in gigatons, of CO2 abated, that would, be, that would be great to look back at.
0: Well, that's a terrific point to end on. So, Arch, thank you so much for making the time to come on the show, and best of luck to you and the whole SPAN team.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Jason.
0: Hey, everyone. Jason here. Thanks again for joining me on My Climate Journey. If you'd like to learn more about the journey, you can visit us at myclimatejourney.co